preach after all of that, but I'll do my best. Um, thank you so much. for. We don't believe in luck. We believe in blessings. No, I'm kidding. It was a Jesus juke. You guys know what a Jesus juke is, right? It's like a religious rebuke, but ultra religiosity, right? Like someone's vacuuming with a dirt devil and they start rebuking it. That's a Jesus juke. Um, I just want to thank you guys for uh, the outpouring of love and honor and taking the time uh, to do that. It means more than the world. Um, I, I really sense in my spirit, uh, I was going to preach on honor, and uh, you guys just lived the message, so I, I don't need to tell you anything about honor. Um, <laughs> so I guess I could just dismiss you right now, but I don't know. Um, but I would like to share... Because there's this concept of what does it mean to honor? What does it mean to be a family? Last week, we talked about being the body of Christ, the great mystery that we see in Scripture where Paul calls the church the actual body of Christ. And what does that mean? Um, so if you weren't here last week, you can catch that. But we read out of 1 Corinthians 12. And I want to kind of pick up from there. And I, what I want to talk about, and I'll, I'll, I'll just... Uh, be as succinct as possible. I have a lot in, in my heart burning, but where does honor come from? Like how, how does this all work where we can be a healthy church, like a healthy family? What, is, what does honor even mean? Because I think for a while, you know, honor was kind of a buzzword in the church for a couple of decades, for, you know, 15, 20 years where it's like, yeah, we want to have a culture of honor in our leadership and things like that. And, uh, and then we started doing things that resembled honor, but in some ways it was just flattery. You know, there's a difference between flattery and honor. And there's a lot of different church cultures, and there's beauty in, in different church cultures. And a culture simply is just the way that we do life together, um, and cultures change, cultures shift, and, and we should be growing in our understanding of what it means to love and honor and serve one another because it's out of that that we become the body of Christ and that love overflows to the world. You know, I, I think that we cannot overemphasize the power of just being family and loving one another. Jesus even said, they're going to know you're my disciples by your evangelism classes. They're going to know you're my disciples by how you tell them they're going to hell on the street corner. There's nothing wrong with preaching the gospel on the street corner. Like, people need to turn to him. People need to get right with God and receive salvation, right? The, the world needs Jesus. Can you say amen? amen? The church needs Jesus too. But Jesus said, they'll know you're my disciples by the love you have for one another. See, the, the bride has a song. The body is a symphony. And we can't be silent. What does that mean? What does it look like? What does a community look like and the larger body of Christ abroad to be unified? The diversity of every gift, of every part, every member. This is the mystery of the body of Christ. I don't know how it works. It's, it's amazing. It's like, it's mystical. It's beautiful. It's powerful. And the Bible says that the body's held together in love. The, you know, Colossians 3.14, above everything, put on love, be clothed with love, which is the bond of perfection. The word bond is ligament. 
This is what holds a body together. And a body is made up of people, families, marriages, right? And so, like, for, for, for me, if I'm just a member of the church, or even as a pastor, because I'm a member of the church, but I also lead, I have a place to serve, but I, I'm married and I have kids, so if my marriage is not held together in the love of God, and my kids, I'm not loving them with the love of God, then that, that I'm not a healthy overflow into the body. See, healthy ministry flows out of healthy marriages and families or healthy relationships. And so I've, I've, this has been something that I have just, since we planted a church in 2009, I've, I remember the Lord gave me this word about significance, that every part of the body is significant. And I've preached this a few times, and uh, one of the illustrations I used was when I broke my toe, I didn't realize that you can't walk without a, your toe working right. And, and I realized there's parts of the body that we might not honor as significant, but I learned that every part of the body is significant. Even the, the smelly parts. Come on, somebody. Um, and I've learned that there's something about a church that grows and edifies itself in love when every member does its share, Ephesians 4, that, that every part not only experiences significance, but, but lives it out. And so what does it look like for the body to honor? Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, um, I'm going to just read just a little bit out of the message translation. I'm going to start reading verse 19. I'm going to read through. I have a couple other verses I'd like to jump to. Um, and, and you all right if I preach to you yeah. the normal time? Or, or do I get like 20 minutes instead of 30? Or are we good? It is Pastor Appreciation Month. So if you mind appreciating me by letting me preach a sermon, that'd be great. All right. I know we went long, but it was, it was worth every moment. Um, if it's your first time, we generally don't go this long. Uh, sometimes we do, but, you know, we just like to. I will say, though, we, we do not apologize for prioritizing the presence of God. And amen. Amen. All right. So let me jump into it. First Corinthians chapter 12. Paul says, but I want you to think about how this. No, I'm jumping up. My bad. Verse 14. So he's talking about the individual members of one body. He's talking about. In fact, right before this, he says that we've all been baptized in one spirit, and now we don't identify as different ethnos, but we're all one in Jesus. Because we've been made one human race, the restoration, and, and every, and this is what Ephesians 2 says, when Paul says this is the actual priority or the the primary purpose of the church is to be a dwelling place for God in the Spirit. He says that Jesus has torn down every wall and the ethnic hatred that has divided us. Like if we want to see racism dissolve, we need to learn how to honor. We need to learn this message. We need to learn what it means to love and value one another through heaven's economy. And so Paul says, I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant. The fact that you're an individual mem member of one body, it actually makes you more significant. Whether you're a toe, an eye, an ear, a mouth, whatever part 
This is the, the, the metaphor that Paul's using to describe the beauty of this mystery. He says, a body is in a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. Would you say that with me? Arranged and functioning together. You see, when we walk in the spirit of honor, we are the symphony that God wants us to be. Amen. The maestro is the Holy Spirit. The maestro is the, the Holy Spirit tunes the strings of our heart that we would resound heaven's love and honor toward one another. And when we do, it overflows to the world around us because the world looks and said, I want that right there. Have you ever been around a, uh, a couple that love each other and you're not like grossed out by their PDA as long as it's not excessive? Are y'all okay this morning? Like, and there's just like, oh, there's a spark of love. That's a fire. One time, not one time, many times, my daughter, Sarah, I'll kiss. It happened like three days ago. I was kissing Rochelle in the kitchen and it wasn't just one kiss. I kissed her like 10 times in like 10 seconds. And Sarah's like, oh my God. I'm like, Sarah, if you, you wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for this fire. Okay. (laughs) Like don't shun the glory. 24 years from glory to glory to glory. Come on, somebody. Have you ever seen the love that a father has for his kids? And you're like, wow. I remember being on the beach in Cancun. Oh, that was a glorious moment. There's nothing like the Caribbean, man. It's just beautiful. When you look at the ocean. In creation, you see the glory of God, but in his creation that's made in his image and likeness, I was, I'm sitting on the beach and there's a family and they're, they're foreign. They're not from, well, I mean, we're mostly foreign when we're on the beach in Mexico, um, but I think they're from the Middle East. The woman had a head covering. They may have been Muslim. And, and I just saw the love they had for one another. And whether they're believers or not, they're still made in the image of God. And actually, even sinners are capable of agape. Did you know that? That's biblical. Jesus said even, you know, sinners love, you know, how much more, like, should we love our enemies? So I'm, I'm looking at this family, though, and I'm, I'm like, I just see the love of the Father, Son, and Spirit manifesting in family. Marriage, family, relationships, uh, the bond between sisters. Come on. Come on, sisters. I remember a time in our life where my wife and I, um, our marriage was wonderful, but she was just struggling and needed like relationships other than my friendship. Uh, and I don't know why I, I thought I completed her, but <laughs> she told me you complete me and then lied about it. And, <laughs> and we we're a part of a church community that was great and God was moving, but there was, we were lacking connection, which can happen, right? And, uh, and so we ended up, the Lord planted us in a fellowship that was uh, very community oriented and it was beautiful. And I remember my wife met some sisters in the Lord and it literally changed her life. It was like she went from ups and downs, being a young mom, you know, you know, married to this guy who thought that she was going to make him a sandwich, even though when she was, had the flu, you know what I'm saying? Make me a sandwich. No, I'm just playing. 
I, I might have been a little chauvinist back in the day. I'm not anymore, anyways. I, but married to me, putting up with me, and there was something missing in her, though. And guess what? It was fulfilled in community, in the relationship she had with sisters in Christ. The bond, the bond between sisters, the bond between brothers. Come on, somebody, brothers. Oh, man, I was hoping we'd get a real good, let's try it again. That was all right. That was all right. We'll work on that next time. That was unplanned. If we had rehearsed it, it would have been really good. But there's something about a connection. I remember early on in my faith, I shared this last week, but early on in my Christian faith, I'm like, how can I love someone that's not my family the same as I love my family? I don't know how it happens. It's like we are connected in the spirit. It's supernatural. Like, Tiffany, you are my sister. Not my sister. You're my sister. Come on, somebody. But how is it that this, I can tell you how, the love of God. But when we see it, we're astounded. God manifests through that. Jesus said, they'll know you're my disciples by the love you have for one another. This is what Paul's saying. Like, I want, the church of Corinth was a mess. I want you to realize how you are significant and how every part of the body is significant because when we all do our part, we're all releasing a sound in the symphony that the world is longing to hear. Remember when we planted the church in Vegas, we did not know what we're doing. We still don't know what we're doing. We have to utterly depend on him. He's the head of the church. He builds the church. We don't build the church. But I remember when we first planted the church, uh, there was like this need. You have to have a youth group. There was a lot of needs. It was like, you have to do this, 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 and this. And we're like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do all this. But we began to step into the roles of different places of ministry. We started a youth group, four people. It exploded to like 50 in our living room. We're like, what are we doing? And these kids are getting saved, healed, delivered. Many of them today are spiritual sons and daughters and they were born again back in 2010 after we planted the church. But I remember their longing to be a part of a family. These young people, some of them didn't grow up with loving dads or moms. And they were looking for a refuge. What if we're the refuge the world's looking for? And what if the mortar that holds these living stones together is the love and the honor that we learn to live out towards one another. Can you imagine, and I I believe this, I see this, like I, I see it in the future, the world coming, how do we solve this problem? There's only one answer, his name is Jesus. Being the church, being the body of Christ, it's what we're created for. We're created to, to release the manifold wisdom of God, the many-colored wisdom of God. This is what the scripture says in Ephesians 3. So Paul's like, you're so significant. And he says, every part of the body. And who are we to say like, well, I don't need you. I'm one part of the body, you're another part. How, how can the eye tell the ear, I don't need you? How dare we not be interdependent in love upon one another in our Christian faith? Community is a gift 
from God. It is sacred. And the temple that God chose to dwell in is not this building or the new building. It's not some old temple in Jerusalem. It's you and I, but not just individually, corporately. Like we're the temple together. This is a profound revelation that I still, I'm like, I, I don't understand it. It's so profound. It's so powerful, but we're, we're the body of Christ together, not alone. We're the church together, not alone. Have you ever seen someone say, well, I'm the church? No, that's not biblical. I got news for you. If you'd said that, you can just delete it off Facebook because it's not right. You're not the church. I'm not the church. We are the church. Hello? And the church is a spiritual building. And so Paul's like, every part is significant. Verse 19, but I want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. Uh-oh. Here we go. For no matter how significant you are, it's only because what you're a part of. An enormous eye or gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, but a monster. What we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size and in proper place. No part is as important on its own. Can you imagine an eye telling a hand, get lost, I don't need you, or a head telling a foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You can live without an eye, but not without a stomach. (laughs) When it's a part of your own body, you're concerned with. It makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, lower or higher. You give it dignity and honor just as it is. I just, let me read that again. You give it. Man, you all just honored us so big. Thank you. Thank you for honoring my family how we need to learn to honor and love one another. You give it dignity and honor just as it is without comparisons. Can you imagine a church where there's no religious politics? I'm ready, man. I ain't got no time for that. Where we're not so concerned about the platform, there's a reason I'm preaching on the floor. I've been wanting to for months. So I moved the lights myself and I said, let's just, I'm just doing it. I want to be closer. I want, like, I, I don't want it to feel like the separation. Sometimes the platform is the goal. Sometimes in church culture, the platform or a title is the goal. And then we don't even know about the function and we just got the title. I remember when I became a pastor, I'm like, ooh, I like the sound of that. Pastor Zach. Can you, I'm sorry, what did you say? Someone's like, Pastor Zach. I ignored him just because I wanted to hear him say pastor again. I was feeding my ego. I'm sorry, what? What was the first part? Oh, praise God. Amen. Actually, I'm an apostle. So apostle, bishop, overseer of the new covenant church of the living God. I'm just kidding. That's, a, that's the doormat to a cult right there, right? Get, but we get caught up in titles. 
minister so-and-so or prophet so-and-so. Or pro- and there's nothing wrong with honoring the function. But if the title is the main goal, then we're not honoring the function. Hello? And then what happens? We're no longer family because we're living like CEOs and business owners and not mothers and fathers and shepherds, the new breed of leadership that lives from a place of love and honor. And this is what I want. This is what I desire. And I just remember vividly the Lord like, why, why are you feeding off that? Like your title is not what it's about at all. The platform is not, and in fact, the Lord just said, it's about people. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> all right. And so Paul is just going for it, man. Give dignity and honor just as it is without comparisons. If anything, we should have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. Wow. The people like sit in the back row, I'm not trying to call you out. I'm just saying. The parts that like to hide. But guess what? You're not invisible. You're loved. I remember when God took us on this journey, this message, in a sense, I preached early on when we planted the church in 2009. And I used to look for people that I knew they didn't know their significance. I knew they felt invisible. And I'd look for them. And I couldn't wait to just pour love, the Father's love and affection on them. Because I wanted to see them come alive. Because something happens when we are loved with the Father's love. We come alive in our identity. We're no longer hiding in the shadows, but we come into the light. And the Bible says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Like there's this beauty that happens in transparency and then we're free to be who God created us to be, to be loved and to love, to be known and to know one another. And then church is no longer this surface thing where I come in and I punch in my spiritual time clock, but it's like, no, I'm there to worship with my family because I get to meet with my Abba and his begotten son and the spirit which has anointed him in power and in glory. And it's the spirit that is the mortar that fitly frames us together as this spiritual house that God wants us to be. That we're becoming. How, how do we honor? Where does honor come from? I, I, let me just jump down and read a couple more verses here. I, I love this, man. It just resonates with my heart so, so big. If anything, we should have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If we had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion over full-bodied hair? Well, some of y'all don't have hair, so, and you look great. I'm not going to call anyone out. Tad, Tommy, come on, somebody. Mark, Spencer, come on, somebody. Y'all look good. Some of those domes are just shiny with the anointing of heaven. Tad told me the other day, he said he's using my beard oil. I have my own beard product. No big deal. It's just world-renowned. It's amazing. It's called Urban Priest. What? Come on. And I have beard oil, and he put it on, and he just was like getting ready. He just put it on his head. He was like, wait a minute. He anoints my head with oil. 
And he was shining that day, man. But look what Paul's saying. If we had to choose, would we prefer the look or the operation and function of a healthy body? See, the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention are the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, the other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. Wow. How do we honor one another? How do we love one another? How, how does this happen? I mean, obviously, supernaturally, obviously by the Spirit, but like, no, I want to know practically, how does it happen? I remember in my own life uh, as a husband, as a, as a father, which I felt like it's a very important part of the family. I mean, m- moms and dads, but there's something about the responsibility a father has and a husband has as a covering, as a head. And my wife and I are equal. We have different roles. And I'm the head of my wife. And she, in fact, the Bible even talks about in Titus that we always say the man's the head of the household. Well, it's true, but the man is the head of the wife. But there's an authority that the wife has in the home, according to the scripture. And we were learning this dynamic early on. And I mean, early on, my wife could tell the stories better than I. I, You know, it was like, and and I was always fiercely loving. And I was doing the best I could. I'm learning how to be a dad, which you never, you grow into, right? right. Just like anything in life. It's, like, it's not like, oh, you're married at the altar and all of a sudden I'm this wonderful husband. doesn't work that way. <laughs> and I remember there's times, there's this one moment, I'll never forget it. I will never forget it, man. I was reprimanding my kids, which a loving father does, by the way, right? Nowadays, kids... All right, I won't even go there. (laughs) Jesus help us. (laughs) My kids needed a reprimand. And and I raised my voice. But it wasn't just raising my voice in a place of authority and firmness and assertiveness. It was frustration and anger. And, And throughout this, like I'm a Christian, I'm serving the Lord. And at this time... I think we had already planted the church or we we're about to. And I remember, I'm like, Lord, I, you know, I want to be the father you created me. I knew the scripture. I was a part of the church, right? But I didn't know honor in my own family. And I was doing good things. I was providing for my family very well. God blessed us abundantly. There was no lack in that department. It was like God was just, we had more than enough. But... I wasn't loving my wife the way I should. I wasn't loving my kids the way. I'll never forget this. I'm raising my voice. I'm in this moment and I'm reprimanding my kids. And the Lord speaks to me, the Father, Abba. I hear the whisper of Abba. He says, I don't talk to you like that. And in that moment, the Lord carved out a piece of my heart broken, a broken place of my heart. And he put a new rhythm of love 
for my kids. And what happened was it changed the way I saw them. It doesn't mean I was a perfect dad, but something about that encounter, I turned to the Lord in that moment. I said, Abba, Daddy, Father, I want your heart for my kids. I want to see. I want to see them. I want to see my wife through your eyes. I'll never forget that moment. It's so profound. And sometimes in church family, we go through the motions. But do we really see each other through heaven's economy? I'm preaching to myself too, man. The the Moses and the burning bush story comes to mind where Moses, Exodus chapter 3, he was doing his thing, taking care of sheep, his father-in-law's sheep, right? Serving someone else's vision, so to speak. And then he sees a burning bush. And a lot of us think, oh, the Lord just called him from the burning bush. That's not what happened. The Bible says he was walking, he saw the burning bush, and it didn't go out. He's like, why is that still burning? Now, if you know anything about like desert things, they're very dry, and when they burn, they ignite. We used to light tumbleweeds under bridges in Las Vegas for fun, and big puffs of smoke. And it was like, it was almost like you pour gas on them. They light like that, and then they're gone. They're done. So Moses sees this thing. It's not going out. And here's what the Bible says. Hear me. He didn't just see it and be like, oh, that's cool, and kept going. It says he saw it and turned towards it and and drew near, and then the Lord, because he turned towards the burning bush, the Lord spoke from the midst of the burning bush. See, sometimes we observe church things from a difference. We observe the love of God from a difference. We observe what healthy community looks like from a distance, but the Lord's like, it's time to draw near so you can hear my voice. And when you hear, I'm telling you, listen, when I heard the Lord say, I don't talk to you that way, Abba did something in me to where it's like, I don't, I don't want to not represent the heart of the Father to my family. I want to represent rightly. But it happens when we turn towards. Even Paul says this. There's a few scriptures I like to go to, but let me just read. This is where Paul, uh, actually I'll just quote it to you, where he says, when we turn to the Lord... We behold him and we go from glory to glory. Where does honor come from? The glory of God. What's that? His love, his presence, his nature. How do we grow in honor? We turn to the Lord. We hear his voice. We encounter his love. Utterly dependent on him. As a father, as a pastor, as a husband, I'm utterly dependent. As a friend, as your friend, as your leader, I'm utterly dependent on him. I have to keep my heart turned to the Lord. This is where Paul Man, I'd love, for the sake of time, we can't go there. First Thessalonians, he's complimenting the love that they have for one another. And he says this, you've been taught by God how to love. How do we become a beautiful symphony? How do we, how do we as the body of Christ do our part? We ask God, Lord, teach us to love. Because in that, we learn to honor and we learn to see one another through the lens of heaven. Can you say amen? In 
Jesus' high priestly prayer in John 17, he prays some of this stuff. And he, man, I, I just want to read a few verses towards the end. But how many in this place would say, I want to represent Jesus, not just to the world, but also being a part of a body? And can I just encourage you, like, it is very special to be a part of a body. And, and may we not only receive the gift of relationship, community, but also preserve the sacredness and endeavor to keep the harmony of the spirit and, and rid ourselves of backbiting and slander and, and dishonor towards one another. Hello? I saw this really powerful quote. I shared it on Facebook. Uh, actually, yeah, I shared it on my story. And it, it was from Bill Johnson. He said, it's critical that we protect ourselves from the well-meaning bad counsel of friends. Because sometimes even friends can defile with words that are not honoring. The scripture even says, like, when we honor, we give gra grace. May our words impart grace to one another. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace, or if I may interchange honor towards one another. Ephesians 4.29. But Jesus is praying. How many could say in this place, like, I want, I want to see the body of Christ through heaven's lens. Would you raise your hand up high? Let's, let's just ask the Lord right now. I'm gonna read this to you and then we're gonna pray. Thank you for giving me some preaching time. Thank you for honoring us. We love you all so much. And we're so grateful uh, to, to be a part of this church, to pastor this church. It's been over three and a half years. We've seen the Lord do so many things and it's barely just begun. This is home and we're grateful. We love the snow. Come on, somebody. Uh, we love when there's no sun because then you appreciate the sun um, and then you turn towards the son of God. Amen. Because you're like, Jesus, I need you. If I don't see the sun in a week, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, Lord, but I trust you anyway. Sunday, Increase my prayer life. And we're moving into a new building. We're growing together, but let's not grow just wide, but also deep and be rooted in love and be a people that represent the heart of God towards one another well. Yes. Honor, not flattery, honor. Jesus is praying. Wow. If we can learn to pray like Jesus, but also pray with him and participate in his perfect response to the Father. And here's what he says in this high priestly prayer. I don't just pray for these alone, but also for those that will believe in me through their word, that they would be one. Everybody knows this verse. It's the prayer, the oneness of the, of the church, the body of Christ. He's praying for you and I. He says, you, Father, in me and I in you, that they may also be one in us. A mutual indwelling and a union. Wow. That the world may believe that you sent me. He's praying. This is, this is a, the most powerful prayer of evangelism. When we become one. Evangelism flows out effortlessly. <laughs> it's like our value system is restored. Uh, verse 22, and the glory which you gave me, I've given them. The glory, what is the glory of God? In the old covenant, Moses said that I can't, I wanna see your face. And the Lord's like, you can't see my face. You're gonna die, son. 
So he put him in the cleft of the rock. He says, I'm going to let my, you'll see me pass by. And it was his goodness, the goodness of the Lord. A lot of people say, well, the glory of God is a revelation of his goodness. Yes, under the old covenant that was veiled. But under the new covenant, it's a revelation of his love, his nature, as Father, Son, Spirit. So what's the, look, 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 look what it says here. He says, I'm giving them the glory that you've given me. What's that? It's a revelation of the love of God. We want to know how to honor one another. We need, we need his love. We need to hear his voice. And he says that they would be one just as we are one. Verse 23, I in them and you and me. That's intimate language. That they may be made perfect in one that the world may know that you've sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am that they may behold my glory, which you've given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known you that you sent me. Verse 26, and I have revealed them to your name. I have revealed, declared to them your name, your nature, who you are, your presence, and I will continue to reveal, to declare it, that the love which you love me may be in them and I in them. Jesus' prayer summarizes my entire message. That's what we need. Can you say amen? All right. Can we lift our hands to the Lord and just thank him for what he's doing? I want to honor you right now. I didn't even realize that this message was going to be so connected to everything that's happening, but the Lord knew. I want to honor you right now. And I declare over you, maybe you know that you're an important part of this body. Maybe you don't. Maybe you feel invisible. You're not invisible. And there are people here that even have newly committed their lives to Christ. And and you might not even realize that God's anointed you to be an evangelist and to lead people to him. Maybe you don't even realize the call that's on your life. I'm telling you right now, you are significant. And I pray right now that the Lord would baptize you with that reality that you're loved, significant, and that you would feel not just at home, but a part of this family. God is building a family here God, from every nation, tribe, and tongue. God is building a multi-ethnic family forged together in love, an army. He's breathing on the valley and we're being reformed as an army of the living God. He's fitly framing us together and the mortar is love. The mortar comes from the very presence of the Holy Spirit and he's teaching us to be living stones that are of substance, that have weight. That's what the word honor means. To have weight. May we be living stones that are not frail and fragile and offendable and always looking for what is wrong, but may we be people that see the gold in the midst of the dirt and see through the lens and the economy of heaven so that we could be the living temple that is growing into a rising temple of the Lord to be a dwelling place for God. Can you say amen? Father, I pray a blessing upon your people. I thank you for this community. I love them. I bless them. I thank you for everyone watching online. I pray a blessing. I pray a blessing upon my parents that watch online, our family, the Las Vegas church, and people that watch and all over. 
Father, we receive. Would you just lift your hands with me like you're receiving a gift and just ask the Lord, say, I receive your love. I receive a greater revelation of your love. Lord, teach me to love. Teach me to honor in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we seal it with praise? Amen.